Hi there, my name is Emma Edelman, and you're listening to Tangible Grace, my story of hope. Hey everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Tangible Grace. Uh, This is my story of hope uh, through difficult times, and uh, hopefully you've already listened to the first few episodes. If you haven't, I'm going to highly recommend that you go back and do that because this is kind of told in a chronological order, um, and having that history and understanding where we're at to this point would be really helpful. Um, This episode is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to explain that in just a second, but I wanted to share something from a book that I just uh, finished reading. It's called The Library Book by Susan Orlean, and uh, it's really kind of interesting when we're talking about our stories, and that's obviously what I'm doing, and what I want to get across to everyone else is the importance of sharing your story as well. Um, This little quote that I found, or this little excerpt that I found, it says this, in Senegal, the polite expression for saying someone died is to say his or her library has burned. When I first heard that phrase, I didn't understand it, but over time, I came to realize that it was perfect. Our minds and souls contain volumes inscribed by our experiences and emotions. Each individual's consciousness is a collection of memories we've cataloged and stored inside us, a private library of a life lived. It is something that no one else can entirely share. Once that burns down and disappears when we die. But if you can take something from that internal collection and share it with one person or with the larger world on the page or in a story recited, it takes on a life of its own. Jennifer Williams, sorry, Jennifer Williamson says, uh, we are here to experience stories, to live them, to share them, to transcend them, holding your story captive, whether by not sharing it or by not letting it evolve, robs the planet of what your heart is here to reveal. And so again, this is just um, uh, a way of, for me to say and encourage you guys uh, to share your stories as well, because it is so important. And a lot of people may not think they even have a story, but that is so not true. Everybody has a story and you can impact others. And it also can be really healing to yourself, which is something I've experienced uh, when you start sharing with others and hearing feedback and um, seeing how others were affected by your personal story. So with all that said, um, I am excited today because, as I mentioned in the last uh, episode, um, I reached out to a few people who were with me during my difficult days, which we'll, that's all we'll call them for now, um, and just kind of asked them to give a little um, thought or insight into what I was back then, who I was, and like how they viewed me as someone else looking in from the outside, if you will. So you can kind of hear a different perspective, hopefully. The way I did that is I asked those people to send an email with their thoughts. Um, and I, d- I made the decision and I told them this, that I would not read those emails uh, when they came in. Instead, um, I asked a good friend of mine, Uh, Mr. Bernie Dake, um, to read those emails to me on a podcast recording. And then I can kind of just 
react to them, talk about them a little bit um, for, for each one. And so Bernie is here. Say hey, Hi Bernie. Hey, everybody. Uh, and I'm very grateful for him taking out the time to do this and helping me with this. Uh, but basically how this is going to roll is he's going to read uh, one of the emails. We're not going to use names because I've said all along, too, that names really aren't that important. Um, but just so you can hear different perspectives from these people, uh, who were in my life back then and also still play a big part in my life now, and then I'll kind of react. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Bernie, um, and we can get started. Awesome. I am privileged to be a part of this. And, uh, I think I can safely say to everybody, I've known Emma since I was skinny, (laughs) which, uh, if, if you know me, that's been a few years. Uh, but we've been in Atlanta together since 2005 and uh, just do life, which is kind of cool. Mm. Emma, one of your friends writes this story. My memory of Emma back then started when I think she was just 14. She was smart and fun. I met her before she moved here from London. She and her family visited first. Later, they returned to live here and became a part of our youth group. When I talked to her during high school, it seemed like she was still struggling with some things that she had left behind in London. I left for college a few years after she arrived. She was younger than I was. But while I was at college, I found out she had been arrested, and we went to visit her. I wasn't exactly sure at the time why she was arrested. I didn't know the story, but I always wondered what connection there could have been between the things she was struggling to leave behind in England and the challenges she ran into in the States. I obviously didn't know all the things she was struggling with, but the Lord did. I knew that he always sees us as children from beginning to end and works to heal us. All right. Well, that's cool. Um, Obviously, I know who that person is, and I'm grateful to them. And I should also say that just a little snippet to say thank you if if they're listening for their input. Um, But, um, yeah, I mean, just kind of hearing how someone else was viewing it from the other side is really interesting. Um, I don't think I've ever sat down and really talked through um, like the nitty gritty details with anybody from back then. Um, and so it's, it's interesting to hear how other people are kind of wondering why that happened and maybe trying to add up the pieces. Um, you know, uh, they obviously mentioned, my struggles with just moving to America, having to leave behind my uh, life and then adjusting over here, which I've already mentioned in a previous podcast. So, uh, yeah, that's really cool. And I love that they knew or that they said that they knew that the Lord had it under control, like he knew what was going on. And that's that's the most important thing. And through this whole podcast, that's like my biggest message is that no matter what I went through, God, you know, had it all under control. So, mm. yeah, that's cool. If I can just mm-hmm. say it's it's interesting because in two, when we moved here, Emma, uh, you, you've had opportunity to share your testimony. So we've heard you, you know, publicly kind of declare where you've been and where you are today with by the grace of God. So it's it's interesting for me too to read other people's testimonies who were going through that with you or with you when it was all happening. Right. I think that it's important that uh, people hear that you know now you can look back. And it's 2020. You you see God in it. So if if you're listening to this podcast and you're someone who is struggling with something, whatever it is, you really do have to believe the people who have been through the valleys to know that God had them right in the palm of his hands. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Uh, and I know that would be your testimony for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, here's another letter. Another okay. friend who you have a great nickname for <laughs> uh, writes this. When I was asked to give my thoughts about this, I honestly didn't know what to say. I know it brought back a lot of memories. During the time when you were at your worst, I had different feelings about you and our friendship. There was feelings of disappointment, anger, confusion, but the feeling that never changed was love. Let me explain. I was disappointed because you allowed yourself to get involved with certain people that meant you no good. Angry because the strong person I knew was so different, and at times, even though I could have said more to get you to chill out, you were so headstrong, you probably wouldn't have listened. So I guess I was more angry with myself. Confused about a lot of things, you hurt people by some of the actions, but I knew it wasn't you. It was someone you turned into but didn't want to be, and it baffled me as to how it came to that point. But in the end, I always loved you. You were one of my best friends this girl could ever ask for. I don't think people know how funny you are. Laugh out loud. My family and friends loved you. My mom thought of you as one of hers. You were there when I had three of my four kids with absolutely no judgment, even when everyone else judged me. Your kind and loving heart just wanted to find love of your own. I don't know if my input helps, but just know that everyone makes mistakes, but you changed your life and became a walking testimony. You will will and always have been an amazing person. Love you, my friend. Uh, wow. So that one that one brought some tears for sure. <laughs> um, that is that was one of my best friends who absolutely was on the front lines with me um, throughout this whole situation and um, I would say, you know, I, obviously I regret a lot from back then. One of my biggest regrets was um, how I treated people, and, sh- and she nailed it on the head for sure. Just you know that I definitely hurted people, hurt people back then, um, not intentionally, just by what I was doing and the way I was living. Um, and so this this is just a reminder for me, but also for anyone else that you know um, your actions are not just about you. Mm. What you're doing in your life affects other people, good or bad. And so to be conscious of that, it's not easy. Trust me, I know. But to try to be conscious of that is so important um, so that, you know, you can just uh, help people, encourage people and not burn bridges, not hurt people. Um, you know, she and I have drifted a little bit. We're still friends, but we've, we're definitely not as close as we used to be. And a lot of that is because of who I became um, through that whole situation. And then, um, just kind of when I turned my life around, I just moved forward and tried to let, let go of the past. And unfortunately she is one of the people that, um, that kind of got lost in that shuffle. And, uh, I'm just so grateful that to, first of all, hear her thoughts and hear, uh, how she felt then, but also to know that she, um, is seeing that I am, doing better now, obviously, and on the right path now. So that's an an encouragement to me. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. I have a third letter. Okay. This is from one of your very talented friends Mm. who we both know and love and I think would honestly say uh, that they, too, have been through their own journey. Sure. Um, But by the grace of God, 
have been used in very powerful ways. Um, and they write, I remember driving through Little Five Points with Emma one evening with several other people. If there was one word to describe what my impression was of her at the time, it would be bitterness. I just remember that she seemed angry with the world. There was this tough front to everything she did. And like many of us, it seemed she was looking for love and acceptance in a world that was full of the reality of tough life situations. As her friend, and as someone who was also trying to figure out life at the same time and reckon with my own personal insecurities, I do remember that there was a really sensitive side to Emma that not many people at the time got to see. I believe, looking back, that the Lord was at work in her life even then, using the truth she knew all along, the simple message of the gospel that she was loved and accepted right where she was. The teenage years can be hard, harder on some of us than others. I know the Lord was protecting her even in the hardship of those early years. It has been a privilege to witness from afar the amazing transformation that the grace of God and the Holy Spirit has made in her heart and life. Mm. Wow. Um, something that comes to mind from from that one is just that... Um, during that time, I again, I was so blind to what other people were going through. Like, these were my friends, and I actually had no idea that they were even struggling because I was so focused on myself and so um, determined to, um, you know, to live my life the way I wanted it to be. And I just didn't didn't even consider what other people were going through. So now, and of course there have been other people now who I'm closer to who have told me, yeah, I was going through things back then too. I had no idea because I was living, you know, this kind of isolated in my own world, in my own head life. Um, and I think that's important too, that, you know, we, we need to consider that what others are going through and maybe someone is going through something similar, to what you're going through. You have no idea, but if you did, if you shared, if you opened up, if you trusted other people, um, enough, um, maybe you guys could make it through together. You know, maybe you could, could bounce off of each other and, and really, um, you know, help each other get through difficult times. But, um, again, I'm just really, I'm really grateful, uh, that, that these people, do see the the difference that they do see mm. how much I've changed because that's that's what I want everyone to see that you know there is hope after devastation after struggle yeah. and even when things continue um you know nothing's perfect life is not easy even today but you know as long as we trust in the lord and focus on him and let him guide us that's mm. all that matters and so um yeah, yeah. i'm just really grateful for that Okay. Now, I, in the spirit of anonymity, I have to say that this next letter uh, kind of blows the cover. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and tell okay. y- you and your listeners that this is from Sally Broughton. Mm-hmm. Sally is uh, one of the coolest people I know, uh, one of the most talented musical- musically that we both know for sure. Yes. And um, she packs it in a, in a – she comes in a package that's about four feet tall. <laughs> uh, with hands that are just made of, of he- I don't know, some something from heaven that only angels could possess because her, she's an incredible piano player. But she's also very real. Yes. Uh, and I love that sure. about her because 
you never need to guess where you are with Sally. Mm-mm. And um, the reason I tell your, you guys who it is is because she mentions her and her husband at the time. And um, I just mm. didn't want to kind of have people wondering. Let's just put it on the table. Right. This is a dear friend, but yes. someone who went through it with Emma for sure. Yeah. And her own kids. Yeah. So this is what Sally writes. What a treat it is for me to have the opportunity to write a few memories of my precious friend, Emma. Emma came to Atlanta with her family in 1991 from that faraway land, England. I remember her as a little red-haired girl, full of fun and anticipation of this new life adventure. She was surrounded by good friends at the core, but those who had the, quote, gift, end quote, of living on the edge. Her teen years were years of excitement, exploration, and sadly, experimentation. Some of her good friends had moved away. And she sought acceptance and thrill from those who perhaps weren't always interested in her well-being. I watched her grow thin and distant, eyes that lacked the enthusiasm for life. What could we do? We then discovered that things had gone completely out of control for Emma. She was stealing things to support her habit, taking from those who loved her most. Seemingly, she had lost all sense of anything right She seemed interested in one thing, the thrill of her new love, and it was robbing her of everything true. We learned she had been taken to jail. We really couldn't believe this. We really couldn't believe this had happened to our little red-haired friend. How had things become so horribly wrong? Why didn't we recognize the signs that led her there? What could we do from this point? Bill and I had the opportunity to visit Emma in jail on several occasions. She was alarmingly thin. Her eyes were lifeless. She was lost, and she didn't seem to care. I'm not sure she always knew we had been there. We had no words of wisdom, no real words of insight. We just wanted her to know that we loved her, and we would always be praying for her. We told her that God indeed had a fabulous plan for her life, in spite of where we were at the moment. We continued to tell her that He is truth. He is love and mercy. I'm not sure she even heard us at the time. When Emma was released from jail, she was released to our care. She arrived at our home gaunt, drawn, quiet. Emma chose not to stay with us very long, but we reassured her we would be the hound of heaven on her behalf. The next days, weeks, months were difficult for all of us. Many days we didn't know where she was. But soon she started coming around and we began to see new life in Emma. The delight in her eyes returned. The spring in her gait was renewed. Her love of life was reawakened. She had fallen in love again with her Savior. Emma is true evidence of God's mercy and grace. A complete transformation took place in the life of our little red-haired friend. How we thank God every day for the miracles we continue to see in Emma. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's so many memories are flooding back right now. Um, that was, that was beautiful. And I'm, uh, thank you to Sally for writing that. Um, I do vividly remember being picked up from jail, which is a whole nother story, which will probably be in the next episode. But my, my parents picked me up and told me I couldn't come home and, uh, that they had already made arrangements for me to go and stay with, uh, Sally and Bill, because my parents didn't trust me in their house. 
um, at that time, um, there was a lot of hurt, a lot of hurt there. So uh, Sally and Bill graciously took me in. And uh, it's true, I did not stay long, but um, it's something that has stuck with me all these years just to know how much they cared. And it's those little gestures showing up and visiting me at jail um, showing up and, you know, helping me afterwards and just knowing that they were always there regardless. I knew I could turn to them, um, and other people like them. Uh, those are the things that helped me to get back on track. Mm. Um, you know, seeing God's love through them and realizing that it didn't matter what I had done or where I'd been or, uh, this person I had become, they still loved me. They still care for me just as Jesus did. And so seeing that and, and experiencing that was definitely something that helped me uh, to start steering back in the right direction. So, wow. Yeah, that's that's incredible. That's really cool. Well, I, I don't know how you want to end this particular episode in the, in the podcast, but I, I would say as uh, someone who's witnessed you from uh, not so very far away that it is pretty incredible to to know those stories or to hear those stories but see the woman that you are now um, if I were to try to define you you're a workaholic <laughs> you are um, um, you have a gift of helps and maybe sometimes to a fault you always want to be uh, involved and at, at our church where we uh, attend together with our families, you, you are always in the middle of it, and I think that's incredible. I, I don't have as much energy, but I think you see something in people that not everybody else can see, and perhaps where you've come from. Sally keeps saying you're their little redheaded friend. <laughs> I like to think of it as more ginger. Uh, I'm surrounded by other gingers in my life who have. You know, a zest for life that sometimes you don't want to cross, perhaps, but that's not the case with you. You're you're loving and uh, extremely generous, and um, it's a privilege to know you now. Uh, I didn't know you when, but I thank God for you, Emma, and pray that somehow this podcast will be used in a powerful way for someone who might be listening. Mm, thank you. I appreciate that, Bernie. Uh, appreciate that more than I can tell you. So thank you for uh, coming on today and helping me with this, um, this episode. Um, and thank you to those who are listening. Um, and again, as I've been saying, and you've heard even today, um, the focus of this is to bring hope and to, you know, it's not, it is my story, but it's not about me. It's about God. It's about what he's done in my life and what he can do in your life as well. And uh, I encourage you you know, reach out to those who are around you. If you're struggling, if you're going through anything, it doesn't have to be as dramatic as what I went through. Uh, people are there who love you and care for you. Reach out to them, but more than anything, uh, kneel down and, and just pray to God and ask him to, to just take care of you and, and guide you through. Cause he's going to do it no matter what, uh, you just got to have faith. You got to trust him and you got to be willing to just turn your life over to him. Uh, so to finish up, I'm just going to read my verse, um, my life verse that I've been closing every episode with. Um, I'm reading from the NIV today, um, Philippians 4.13. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Uh, and that is how I made it through. That's how I continue to make it through every single day. Um, and uh, that is my focus in life, to know that God can get me through anything. And, and that's just such an amazing 
wonderful blessing to have. Uh, So thank you again. Thank you, Bernie. And uh, I will see you all next episode. Just want to give a shout out to Marty Michaels, who provided our intro and outro music for us for each episode. Check him out at martymichaels.com. That's Marty, M-A-R-T-Y, Michaels, M-I-K-L-E-S.com. He is a, a dear friend and a phenomenal musician, and you should definitely check out his work. Uh, so thanks, Marty, for providing the music for us.